0: Marvelites, welcome to another episode of This Week in Marvel. I'm Ryan Panagos, aka Marvel's Agent M, joined by Marvel.com editor Ben Morse, and we're sharing a mic today. Yeah, it's
1: getting pretty real fun, close. getting real <laughs> <laughs> close uh, because we have not one but two guests sitting across the table from us, and we are joined by
2: Greg Young and Tom
3: Myers. We are together.
2: We are the Bowery Boys from the Bowery Boys New York City History Podcast blog, and other d- d- DeRiverous. D- d- <laughs>
4: yes. uh,
0: so I got turned on to you guys by another guy in the comics industry, Ron Richards. He works for Image, good friend of mine, and he's been, like, he was, like, pounding me. He's like, you got to listen to the show, because I've lived in... I've never lived anywhere but New York. Mm-hmm. And so if you're a New Yorker, you're fascinated with the city. It's just it's just yes. part of who you uh, are. Yes, I hope. Right. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and so I was like, this sounds great. And then I started listening to Halloween episodes, yeah. uh, which <laughs> yeah. I think are just super fun stories. And that got me thinking, as Ben and I have been working on the 75th anniversary all year long, I was like, Marvel is such... New York is such an important part of everything that Marvel is. I mean, 90% uh-huh. of our stories, maybe even more, take place here in New York, so... I was like, why don't we come up with a cool way to bring, you know, you guys over here and talk about Marvel and then yeah. it I, it was it was fortunate enough to find out that you're there's actually a connection that you've already made.
2: Oh oh totally. Well yeah, I so I've already done like several we've never done a dedicated podcast about the history of comic books in oh. New York although we
3: we could add could that easily. to this <laughs> <list. laughs>
2: but um, I've written actually several things for the blog already and a lot of very marvel centric things i mean i'm i've been a huge comic book fan since i was like a tot one of my earliest memories is uh from like when i was 5 or 6 and had like the measles and Ooh. i remember and I, <laughs>
1: i'm like sorry
2: oh. <laughs> a little kid with the measles and but my my Mom bought, you know, I mean, this nice little breakfast, and on top of it was maybe you guys are too young, but like they used to collect comic books and put them in plastic bags yep. and like mm-hmm. seal them like three comic books mm-hmm. for like a and buck.
1: You could only see the ones
0: on either side. Yeah. Right I, so I used to go to Shopper's oh, yeah. Village on Long Island and get mine.
2: So, yes. Oh, yeah. It was, I mean, I so awesome, that thrill of opening up the, pa- the plastic bag. But that was my first comic book and it was a Fantastic Four and it was a Spider-Man and again, this third one, who knows what the- was in the middle. <laughs> but that was my journey started there and I collected comic books very hardcore well until the time I moved, in, moved to New York. I still have about Six thousand comic books in my closet, which oh. makes it kind of difficult to wow. to travel. And you
3: went through a period. To, this is Tom, by the way. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you, you hi, went, Tom. Hi. You went through a period where you were also putting them in individual bags and everything. Oh my, years, well, no, all no, no, no! Well, uh, d- I mean, not not only the,
2: the the mylar bags, the like the cardboard right. backings. You know, I mean, I got were really you
3: selling them for a while.
2: Well, so, it's hard because I'm so, it's like one of my closest possessions, as a, as a collective, it's one of my closest co- possessions, but at the same time, it's like, Ugh, okay, let me drag these like nine boxes to my next apartment, which is the size of the closet, so, you know, but I can't let them
1: go. I just, yeah, I just moved into my, my first house recently, and we had movers come and help us out, and now they moved out the furniture, they did all the kind of standard stuff, and then they just go into, I just had a closet. Pulled, long mm-hmm. like <laughs> go, How many of these are there, and what are they? Oh, they're comics. And of course, I can wave it off. and say, I, oh, I work in the industry. You know, it's official. Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> but
2: then you do have a good excuse. It's start, true. They
1: start lifting, them and they're like, "These are the heaviest things you've mm-hmm. <laughs> They're like, "This is the hardest thing to transfer <laughs> They even said to me, "They go." Do you need all
2: of them? <laughs> <laughs> oh sure, just drop off the last, the last uh, letters of the alphabet. Just throw yeah. them out.
1: There's some neighborhood kids around. Now.
2: But I would say, so I mean, reading comic books for so long, I would even have to say, and maybe I'll save this from this this philosophy for a memoir one day. But it's the idea that comic books were my first experience with looking at cities and cityscapes, because I grew up in the Ozarks, so I didn't move to New York until the 1990s, and so I actually came from not so much a farm, but it was fairly rural. The city that I grew up in only had a couple buildings that were six stories tall so my first interaction with cities with actually that sort of like beautiful confinement of skyscrapers and and taxi cabs and everything uh came from that you know i mean I, i my nose was buried in comics for hours a day so you know i can attribute a little bit and i think that's why i'm a little bit always fascinated with bringing comic book history into what I do on the blog, because I can trace my own interest in New York City and moving to New York City, partially to that, I think.
3: Yeah, I had a question about uh, yeah. you know you just brought up the fact that ninety percent perhaps it, of, yeah, of your mean, protagonists or situations are based here. Why do you think that is?
4: I think
0: it started with just the fact that the company when it was when it began it was Timely Comics and mm. it was the publisher in the office. It was here, and so all the guys working on the stories were just, you know, they were living in the city, they, that's what they, they knew, and it really evolved into when Stan and Jack and Steve uh, started the the Marvel Universe as we know it now, um, it, they had the idea that the Marvel Universe was your universe, was the mm-hmm. world outside your window, the idea that, you know, when I sit at my desk, I can turn to the left, and Spider-Man sw- could, could conceivably swing by. <laughs> Iron Man could fly by going to Stark Tower. And, and, you know, that's always been a really important part. It's like we want to make sure that the Marvel Universe as crazy and as grandiose as it is. Feels real. Feels as close to what we know as possible, and part of that is New York. City. Yeah,
1: yeah. It was big when they started out that you know a lot of other comics were set in fictional cities. Right. They didn't want that. They wanted to be set in a real city. But beyond that, rather than you know again in a lot of the other comics universes, they're all spread out. Every hero is protecting their own city. They mm-hmm. wanted them to be able to interact.
3: Mm-hmm. So they want
1: Spider-Man to be able to meet Thor. They w- they like the idea that you know in a page of a fantastic four comics spider-man might be in the background even he's not in the story he's just mm-hmm. in the background so because the offices of marvel timely were based in new york it just made sense that okay if we're gonna do one we'll do this and it's only been actually i'd say the last
0: couple decades they've started spreading out a little um yeah we made a big deal when the x-men went to san francisco, san francisco. For a little oh time. yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah san francisco is like hub like yeah. the 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 offshoot. Well, it was really interesting because uh-huh. there was there was
1: a there was like a trend for a while. there were saying a lot of heroes out of California. I mean, it started in the in the eighties where we had actual West Coast Avengers mm-hmm. who were based in California, but then probably yeah, like like five six years ago, like the X Men and then the Runaways were out there, and some other people were out there, and then we started branching have a little more. Where like Scarlet Spider was in Houston, oh, yeah. and Venom was
0: in Philadelphia These dalliances in other cities.
1: well, you have
2: the Great Lakes Avengers the also Avengers, so Avengers, which right? I think is hilar- you know which is <laughs> so they 're everywhere yeah, yeah. but um what 's really interesting, and I have to think that this went into it a little bit, that when the characters were created, like when Stanley you know created the, a, a roster of characters who were going to be in New York City, he was doing it. In the nineteen sixties, and he was doing it in the late nineteen fifties, and I think you know, to I mean, the the golden era of those Marvel characters from the late fifties to the mid nineteen seventies, um, are influenced a lot by not only New York itself, but actually how New York was during that period of time, because you know all of a sudden you've got you know twenty thirty heroes living here. You've got the X Men up in Westchester. You've got like you know you've got the Daredevil swinging around Midtown. You've got Spider Man over here. Um, but you're also dealing with the city as sort of deteriorating. There's the, the crime rates going up. The actual infrastructure of the city um, is falling apart. So, you know... We could um, use some superheroes. Well, <laughs> and a lot of them all yeah. the time. And so, like, you know... You know and you have, One like, husband. you know, like, the rhino, like, crashing into a building. But you're like, well, isn't that kind of like what 1970s was? Except <laughs> instead of, like, you know... It was different kinds of crime and different kinds of urban decay. So there was like it's a little, it's symbolic, obviously. Nobody I mean, it's ever not really went to
3: Studio Fifty Four, did they? Yes. Oh yes. Oh, yeah. um, oh.
2: Let me, Tom. Let me introduce you, please, please Greg, uh, to the Dazzler. The Dazzler is really interesting because she was created. She was sort of Marvel's. Wouldn't you say the first effort to like cross promote into other mm-hmm, mediums? Sure. Because she was a disco diva. Um, who sang in New York nightclubs in the late 1970s, and she was created to be, in theory, a crossover between Marvel and Casablanca Records, who did Donna Summer and who did Kiss. Mm-hmm. And so, what they so Kiss actually had comic books. So we actually, I think, they were even Marvel too, right? A bit, yeah. So they wanted to actually, you know, go a little bit further and actually create a character. So she's this glamorous blonde woman. And she actually, her power was she could turn sound into light. So she was basically like a big glamorous disco ball. Yeah. Amazing. Um, like, did you well, have to put games. anything in your mouth and swallow
0: in order to see her? <laughs> we are a free company. Okay. Yeah, sir. So. Seventies. <laughs> so, so. It was yeah. a yeah. seventies, yeah, right? An code. Oh yeah. So yeah, the funny well. thing I was is. Talking about breakfast. What, oh, what are you talking I about? I love waffles.
2: Yeah. So anyway, so they set her up as this New York disco diva, and Casablanca was going to cast an actual actress, singer, Mm -hmm. and then they were actually going to make a film. So it was really going to be this true cross promotion thing. But then, well, it was the late 1970s. I don't think anyone had any money. It actually sounds like a terrible idea. (laughs) (laughs) But actually, the character, but luckily, the character Dazzler has been salvaged, and she's like a different. And then they actually moved her out to. San Francisco, didn't yep. they? I think. Well, so yeah. they moved her away <laughs> and then, like, they actually sort of transformed her. And so yeah. she's kind of a legitimate character now. She but is, the, you she's know, very
0: legitimate. she's been yeah. in video games and now yeah. she's, you know, she's, she's been back in X Men. She's actually a big
3: character in the current X Men. Yeah. yeah. Had she released any albums? I mean, in the Marvel Universe. <laughs> in the Marvel made, Universe. Yeah, yeah, she's a superstar.
1: But, <laughs> but it was interesting what Graham was saying because, like, what he said about them putting the deal together in the late 70s when disco was still at least somewhat mm-hmm. in vogue problem was because of the you know all the stuff with Casablanca and everything else by the time they finally introduced her in X-Men it was the 80s uh-huh. so it was a little disco <laughs> 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 <physical laughs> was a little passe but they had the idea for this character for so long and put so many resources into it so yeah she ended up becoming something but she could very easily have just been a but, one uh, hit wonder yeah because yeah,
2: yeah. she wasn't she was I mean she did take elements of Studio 54 mm-hmm. and Studio and Saturday Night Fever mm-hmm. actually I mean I had to. Some of those comic books, and I was, you know, they were super glamorous and wide lapels and mm-hmm.
1: That's for like its day. Kind of favorite, mm-hmm. a lot of people's favorite
2: characters. But I like the characters who are literally imprinted upon, like inside New York City's history itself. I mean, there's no greater example than Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. Spider-Man can't exist in any other city in right. the world um, because just like pragmatically he has to move around so he I mean, has to order, jump over buildings you, you know climb you them. just can't do that anywhere i mean granted there's other cities yeah he could do sure. it he can taipei sure i mean there's <laughs> other cities that are equally as large as new york now mm. but when he was created in the 1960s he would only work in new york so his you know his mythology his origin story is also very imprinted in new york city history because you know, he got bitten by the spider, but then his Uncle Ben was basically killed by a mugger, right? Or he kill, was killed in a street assault, which is... Well, you,
0: he's, depending a bur- on he's a
1: burglar. Burglar, burglar yeah. right, right. It's been retold many times.
2: Right. Yeah. That was, like, I, don't know, I can't remember which, uh, yeah. which yeah. one it is now, but, but the... You know, so to me, that is like... That, there's no more perfect story that's based around New York City than that kind of, uh, than that kind of an origin. Um, you also have heroes like um, the Daredevil who is, like, at least for most of his early career, was specific to one neighborhood, which was Hell's Kitchen. And he was invented and created in the 1960s. And I think his origin could have literally happened. It's one of the few that's like, oh, okay, we were in Hell's Kitchen in the 1960s, and, you know, he pushed an old guy out, there was a car that came by, he pushed him out, but then there was a a carton of acid or something or like yeah. chemicals Radio, that like splashed. Sort
0: of radioactive, radioactive waste,
2: so but like that but could happen could uh, certainly happen <laughs> yeah. in sure. hell's it's kitchen it's in the 1960s there's actually like nothing that's sort of extraordinary about that other than the fact that then he became this like awesome dude in a tight red yeah. suit <laughs> yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah.
3: plenty of awesome dudes in tight red <laughs> yeah. something now in, but, in hell's kitchen but he
2: was specific to <laughs> hell's kitchen yeah. which was a Um, you know, which is sort of the remnant of what this large neighborhood called the Tenderloin was, which was um, the heart of, you know, sort of immigrant life, the heart of criminal activity in the early 20th, late 19th century, early 20th century, and so Hell's Kitchen's sort of an offshoot of that. So I kind of like that as a connection to the myth of... uh, And even, you know, his main character is Kingpin, right? Which is a a criminal boss of that era, which, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I have to say, I, I don't know who created the Kingpin, but if they didn't know who Boss Tweed was, I'd be really surprised, <laughs> you know?
0: Um, I, it, it's also interesting because my grandmother grew up in Hell's Kitchen. She would always tell me these stories, like how, uh, you know, she would go to church and the altar boys would be there, and then she'd be like, and they were Westies, so they would take off their, their altar boy outfits and then go and whack people. And that was, oh, like, wow. that <laughs> was the, the, the language. She would go, they would basically go and kill people. And, like, that was the Hell's Kitchen she knew. But, wow. so, you know, steeping...
3: And this would be 1950s, uh, 40s, 60s?
0: So she was born in 35, so, yeah, yeah. In, in the 40s, late 50s. 40s, early 50s. Wow. Yeah. Um, and so, steeping Daredevil in that, you also have, as you talked about, the immigrant stuff. So, mm-hmm. you know, his dad being, you know, battling Jack Murdoch, an Irish fighter. Oh, right. You mm-hmm. know, like, there's a there's a lot of it that is just so such a part of New York City in that in that time period and going back to even further going back to Captain America who
4: was mm-hmm. very
1: set in Brooklyn and uh, his parents were immigrants and that was a big part of his The Red life. Hook,
2: right? Isn't that yeah, was the the I, think so. I mean they moved I think yeah, he probably moved around over yeah, over yeah. the decades of Captain well, so, America yeah, some comics, of those characters
1: but. that were in the 30s and 40s by the time we brought him back in the 60s we mm. reinvented but No, know he's always been a Brooklyn guy. I know that. And so Captain
3: America Captain America was 19 early 40s when he was coming out. Mm, was 41,
1: 41 or 42. Yeah, 41. Yeah, cuz the whole concept so of Captain America was yeah. we weren't in the
4: war
3: yet. Right.
1: And uh Joe Simon and Jack Kirby who created him. Were very, this was this was their way of kind of expressing we should be in this war mm-hmm. was to create this Oh, that's Captain interesting. America. Mm-hmm. They, I mean, they went back to the news where they basically said they wanted to do a comic about someone fighting Hitler. It didn't matter who it was fighting Hitler, <laughs> and then almost kind of after the fact, they created Captain America. Mm-hmm. The important thing was that they had a cover. With someone punching Hitler in the face, <laughs> Captain America was just the guy filling out the suit. And, uh, you know, they much. all just needed that cover later. to
2: exist, right? Yeah. And then when they actually went into the war, they obviously had to. So that's when like Red Skull was created, right? Like yeah. during well, like they had to create then like an actual arch nemesis yeah. for Captain America because yeah. they, you know, they, he couldn't defeat. He wasn't defeating Hitler yeah. in real life, so they had to have a fictional he, he sort he of beat a, antecedent.
1: Never quite. He always snuck joke. away. Slippery guy. There was, I don't know if it's in canon right now, but at some point, I know this is diverging from New York City stuff, there was uh, there was a story that said the original Human Torch, uh, not the Fantastic Four mm-hmm. one, was the one who killed Hitler. Oh. Like, that was in Marvel continuity for some nice. time. I don't know if it's still.
3: And was. and was a Hitler character killed off sort of in real time? Was that <laughs> echoing? it echoing? Oh, well, What happened yeah. was comics, yeah. superhero
1: comics kind of, During World War II, they were big. Mm -hmm. Then there was about a ten year stretch, you know, during the fifties, where Mm -hmm. superhero comics kind of went out of style because no one cared about superheroes anymore. Um, So most of our characters went away. Then they came back in the sixties, and so basically, Hitler died during that nebulous period where Mm -hmm. we were publishing comics. So it was either as easy (laughs) as then to go back and say, by the way, that's true. That's true. The Human Torch killed. Hitler. And then he came back and he was uh, in Fantastic Four. Yeah. Hitler was totally a villain in Fantastic <laughs> Four. You know. well, he was the hate monger. Well,
2: <laughs> during that timely period, I mean, this is like the world's best trivia question about Marvel is that during the 40s, it was in the Empire State Building, mm-hmm. right? It was their offices? Yeah. And employed by Timely, I don't know what exactly she did, but Patricia Highsmith was, um, was a writer. She did Strangers wow. on a Train and the talented Mr. Ripley. And, um, I mean, it's also unusual. Oh, so they had, like, a, a female writer working for them in the 1940s. And then she went on she did these sort of extraordinary mm-hmm. uh, things. But just, like, the Empire State Building. Yeah. It's mm-hmm. part of the mythology of Marvel's pretty mon- pretty awesome.
0: There's also a story, because Timely or uh, Martin Goodman owned, like, magazines and was this big, you know, publishing mogul. Sort of speak, and he had Mario Puzo on the stage, <laughs> which is I just find like what? there's like stories of of him like turning his nose up at the comic book guys down right. the hall and stuff like that. I Interesting, find
3: fascinating. Uh, do you know what floor you were on in the Empire State Building? Uh, oh, it was
2: 14th floor. 14? I know that. Yeah, because the reason I wanted to the reason I knew How that do you know that I, was
4: like, <laughs> I, have no idea I tell that.
2: you I'm interested in this, but also I did the reason I guess I wanted to check because it was in 1945 that an airplane crashed into the Empire State Building,
4: mm-hmm.
2: and so it was during the period when they were offices. but I just wanted to. It was on a very high floor mm-hmm. um, at that period, so they would not have been affected.
1: Ryan just cracked open the Marvel Vault hardcover, by the way. Yeah, Your page is oh, what a cool they have book! some really, yeah, really yeah,
0: fascinating stuff in here, um, but they they have like old. Stuff from the old offices mm-hmm. uh, sprinkled throughout. I know, I, you know.
3: Is this for internal use or is this actually for sale? it's sales? This has oh, this been this around is, yeah, for been like around.
0: five or so years. We just more. more. Yeah, I got it before I worked here. Well, so. look at you. Yeah, <laughs> uh, it was yeah. A gift.
2: I have in the, another really good Marvel book. That's uh, it's like it's a coffee table book, this big with the it, the covers like the shape of an M. Do really? you, remember, you know the? And it has like a little. It's in a box, and I got oh. it for Christmas a few years ago. Um, I open, cracked that open, and read about some obscure uh, Marvel. Speaking arcana- of
3: obscure uh, Marvel uh, protagonists, do you know anything about Homer Hooper?
4: Homer Hooper. Hooper.
3: Yes. <laughs> no. See, I was. I don't. I don't know if I'm allowed to mention comic. <laughs> Um, stars from outside the Marvel universe but i mean as a kid i was i was an archie that's guy, okay i was right? a kid. okay <laughs> good yeah and we uh, like yeah. We, li- we like uh, archie yeah, yeah. and we love to hate reggie and you know the whole gang and so that was sort of my world right. of comic books growing up i wasn't really drawn to action mm-hmm. and fighting and intergalactic things and but homer Hooper um looks like he was the marvel answer for four right. four issues there's um. a, <laughs> yeah? there
1: a lot of marvel answers so, like I think <laughs> own 1953 own. i think is the, the year 50s well martin goodman was never shy about he was the original publisher of marvel was he was never shy about uh he chased trends so uh-huh. if anything was successful he was yeah mm-hmm. he, that's why he did superheroes when superheroes were hot he did romance when romance was hot he did uh-huh. the same thing but we definitely have like our
0: alfredy e. newman or our
4: it's yeah, perfect,
0: yeah, right. I mean, you know, you look you at can
3: tell. Millie the Model. They're not you know, all, they're whatever. cracked
2: up to be. Well, yeah. even Fantastic Four, right, was initially created as sort of a, a, sort of like, we need to have our own Justice League.
1: That's kind of, that's like Urban Legend, right? Is that Urban that's Legend or is that confirmed? not really? What's that? that? Fantastic Four, I know the Urban Legend is that Martin Goodman and the guy from D.C. were out golfing, and he told them <laughs> about Justice League, and then Martin Goodman came back and told Stan... We need a team, and he created the Fantastic
0: world. You ever heard that? I, I've heard it. I don't know, I don't if, know if it's true. I've heard it enough Ur- times. Urban that legends. Okay. True. Yeah, I mean, i that, tend that's, to believe it's true. I love
1: that. I would ask Stan, but he probably just like Stan's answers are just. You know, a
0: delightful,
1: circular yeah. Trip <laughs> yeah,
0: the best is Stan, whenever he'll visit, he'll be like, these offices are amazing. Yep. Oh, I'm about, sure, like, right? <laughs> the old offices yeah. that he's been in in various times. and, mm-hmm. and uh, Yeah, we, I wish we had a bullpen like they did back then. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
4: You,
0: you know, you talked to people from various eras. Peter Sanderson, who we were talking mm-hmm. about before yeah. as we were walking over here, who worked here, worked at Marvel, talking about how the bullpen that Stan and Jack and them Portrayed in the 60s didn't really exist that way
4: mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> until later when... The, they recreated the, it. The fans... The, like, the folks who grew up reading those books started working at Marvel yeah. and, then they, and then they made it like... Yeah. They, oh, interesting. We
2: want to have these, these easels this particular way and okay. have it look like this Like life-imitating cool. art. Yeah.
0: yeah, and like wackiness yeah. and, you know, just insanity. A lot
1: of times when guests come in, one of the first things they ask us are, where are the writers and artists? Can I meet them? And that's a change from back then because everyone... Lived in New York in the 40s, 50s, mm-hmm. right up to the 60s, even the 70s. I mean, it was really there was exclusive. a lot. Yeah, you moved to New York to work for Marvel. Um, if you wanted to work in comics, you moved here because this is where everything right. was before you know, and everything else. And now I tell people, you know, like our a lot of our artists are in Europe. A mm-hmm. lot of our a lot of our writers oh, are in the Pacific Northwest. Yeah, Oregon's so like a hub for comics. So your offices reality.
2: mostly look like other offices. <laughs> yeah,
1: very much so. So many spots, yeah.
2: yeah. Uh, the little 10-year-old that I used to be in my head right <laughs> now really wanted
3: to walk into a room full of gigantic well, easels and, could like,
2: and s- colored pencils like being like thrown into the air. And... But
3: he could have stayed in the Ozarks and worked for Marvel.
2: No, <laughs> no, yeah, now. Today they could have. It's true. it's true. So who are these people then?
3: <laughs> <laughs> who we just want no, no. <laughs> they just... They just <laughs> call security. They're yeah.
2: bankers and all sorts of... That. They just ran out space. Well, whatever. Yeah,
3: we, have, we have all the editors.
2: Uh-huh. Um,
1: and then all the, the actual, what we call the bullpen, where he's, it used to be everyone works on him. now it's everyone who does, you know, the colors, and who you know, production, done, and does and all the technical aspects. Excellent. Yeah. And of course, there's our department, which is digital, and then we have everything every other company has. We have legal, we have accounting, we mm-hmm. have all those guys, but there's still a lot of people here, it's just, yeah, it was, I mean, yeah, there's more people here now, obviously than there were back in the day, but back in the day, it was the writers and the artists and a lot of them were doing... Multiple Mm -hmm. jobs, so they were doing a lot of the jobs that we have dedicated people for now.
2: Now, I have a question for you guys because, in terms of like how history is depicted in comic books, has always kind of interested me too. Because, I mean, if you are turning out like an you know you have writers who are working their butts off creating stories month after month after month after month, you can't create something that's highly researched, Mm -hmm. um, super specific to a particular era. But you know, I guess. most of the sort of history that's depicted in Marvel is usually like either the medieval periods or or like a generic perhaps a Western right. period. But um, I did notice. Uh, I'm sorry, blanking on the character, but it it's part of the origin of Professor Xavier's mansion. Actually, digs back into the history of the early 19th century. Mm-hmm. And one particular, I can't remember the name of the mutant. I'm sorry, but he was. Gay, he was caught by his father. It was like the early nineteenth century, late eighteenth uh-huh. century, oh, yeah. and then he was like he went into hibernation, and then yeah. they finally. It was part of his origin story. Yeah. I guess he joined the New Grimlock, Mutants or Grimlock. something. Grimlock. Yeah, yes, yes.
1: Graham who was in the oh, Young yeah, yeah, X yeah, yeah. Mark Guggenheim story,
2: which is a really that was like I don't that just blew me away. It was like awesome, yeah. <laughs> like bringing in like the like that like literally that story. You know, outside of the actual powers itself, could have easily have happened in that yeah. particular in that time period. You know, um, I always thought when I uh, research, especially in the late 19th century, like gang activity, like all the famous gangs of New York City, um, reading the sort of primary depictions in newspapers and whatever, sometimes they will be described almost in the way that you would describe a superhero group today because, in particular, this gang, was, uh, one gang was called the Wyo's. Um, they were just a street game that basically rule downtown Manhattan with their like rowdy criminal ways from like the 1880s to early 1890s and they would be like almost itemized almost like they were members of a superhero gang like one of them could do with pickpocket. One of them could break into oh. windows. One of them was really good with knives. Right. And so, like, it would actually go down, and I'm like, wow, I can really yeah. visualize this. Yeah. Um, as and you only need of, one
1: of each. Like. <laughs> you, just, yeah, you only like, need one of each. The <laughs> next guy who applies is not getting <laughs> You already have a film. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, like, superhero
2: groups don't have, like, like 85 people who have the same power. No. That would just be, like, in, you know, unless they were trying to do something very specific.
1: Although, so. <laughs> remember, just this week, in the new issue of Loki, we were reading about a villain group called the Death Throws, who actually go back to the 80s, and Hawkeye, who
0: are a uh, juggling-themed
4: group. They're <laughs> oh, all, cool. all of jugglers sort. of some
0: sort. It's amazing. You've got the ringer, you've got the guy who throws the uh, chainsaws, yeah. you've got Oddball. Oddball.
4: Just uh, juggle wow. and, uh, and throws like, in
0: the people. The one gal
1: who's on stilts. Yeah. Uh, she was kind of an outlier.
4: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she, was she
1: was
2: seen with like oh, okay. she
3: should so wow. you, what you're saying is, Cirque is like Soleil today. <laughs> yeah. well, i was
2: going to say like old Coney Island. Yeah. It could have just been we did mutants in our mist mm-hmm. were being um, used for profit.
3: Well, so, so for something like that where you have historic details, let's say that they go back to the 19th century, how does that work, just production wise? You have a writer who puts that story together and does their own research, and I mean, it's approved you know, by an editor. And... Yeah, I
0: mean it's a lot of it's case by case basis. Some stuff is an editor or, you know, the, the team here says, we want to do this X story set in Y time period, whatever mm-hmm. it is, and so yeah. they'll say, all right, we need to find our creative team. They find the right person for it, and then that person adds in all the, the details and does a lot more of the research. And on the flip side, it could be a writer who's just got this thing in their head that they really want to tell, and that, you know, they've probably already formed it, you know, mm-hmm. to, like, a huge extent, like dance from who writes uh, Amazing Spider-Man for us? Who lives in the city? He's like Dan is to me like the quintessential New York comic book creator. Yes, uh, he's got he's always got his stories in his head. Well before we hear we we see them on the page. I remember the current story he's doing. He oh, came so up like with years ago. two three years ago. Yeah. Oh wow! And that you know it just really started rolling out like two months ago. But then there's a of the
1: other guys who, especially when you talk about the historical stuff, who have, uh, like, a particular passion. Like, I'm thinking specifically of Greg Pak, mm. who did um, a pair of stories set in the Holocaust. the did a Magneto story and a Red Skull story. Mm-hmm. And I remember talking to him about it, and he literally spent a good two years doing research before he even started writing the story. And it was all just, you know, talking to different Holocaust historians and visiting places. I mean, he went over to Germany to research and I think that'll happen sometimes. I know uh I feel like when Ed Brubaker did Marvel's project, yeah. there's a lot of that sort of thing, which is kind of an origin of the Marvel Universe story, again heavily tied into New York mm-hmm. and stuff like that. So a lot of these guys, like you were saying about Dan, they'll they'll do the research and then present the project or they, they'll even say to like, hey I have a pitch, but it's not gonna come out in a couple months because I need time to verify all this I to make sure it's accurate. So, well,
2: sure. that's so difficult yeah. to do because not only do you have to deal with the actual world continuity, then mm-hmm. you have to deal with the yeah. Marvel Universe continuity, and mm-hmm. so like to have to do both of those and then come up with a cohesive story, <laughs> um, more power <laughs> to him, <laughs> seriously. Um,
0: um, so, you know, talking about Marvel again and New York City, uh, one of the characters I always think of when I think of New York is Ben Grimm, the Thing mm-hmm. from Fantastic Four, because he grew up essentially in in the Bowery. You know, he's like Jack. I, I, I pictured Jack. He is Jack. Ker- yeah, he's I basically think. Jack Kirby. You know, he grew up on a tough neighborhood in the streets. He was part of, like, a street gang uh, called, you know, the, the Yancey Street Gang. Oh,
2: right. So, yeah, he would probably be the closest to this idea of, be- of, of gangs with actual powers, mm-hmm. although he was unpowered at that particular time. Right. <laughs> but he was a Before the radiation, yes.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, which I, I just, you know, the way he talks, the, you know, he speaks like, like Jack did. But, you know that He's the most New York, yeah. New York of the New
4: York New characters. York. Yeah. <laughs> that was
0: definitely one thing. As someone who grew up outside of New York, because I grew up in Boston,
1: like things like Yancey Street, I would always wonder because I had no idea if it was real or not. So mm. when I came, I was like, "Oh, is there a Yancey Street?" No, there's not. A Street, <laughs> like, things like that. Like we're both cool, and, but it's like they have like approximations. Yeah. Well, I think
2: that Marvel has is really, really closely huge to the actual um, map of New York City. I mean, yeah, of course, there's like places that are made up, and there'll be um, uh, streets and uh, events, but, like, for the most part, um, I mean, there's been things, there's been, like, battles in, like, Williamsburg, yep. there's been several places in Queens, um, Staten Hills Island. Is, is yeah. for us because <laughs> <of>
0: Spider-Man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, riddled with
4: crime. Yeah,
0: just small <laughs> place. Yeah. It's
2: like, the, do not want to <laughs> live, do not let any real estate brokers read any issues of Spider-Man What's because...
1: A, Hell's Kitchen though it's really nice now will perpetually in Daredevil comics always be horrible yeah. and like just, you know, Oh yeah, I mean annoying, running, get,
4: rampant.
2: You don't have, like you don't have an issue of Daredevil where he's like, I gotta figure out which of these Thai restaurants is a <laughs> good really place do. to <laughs> eat. But which just, one? Yeah. <laughs> That's like the
3: modern yeah. Hell's the Kitchen. The most difficult choice on Ninth <laughs> Avenue these days. <laughs> or I gotta buy like a
2: new fancy car. Like yeah. those are the two things you do in Hell's yeah. Kitchen today, yeah, right?
4: Avenue,
2: yeah. Um Or I'm seeing a show at Terminal 5. I'm gonna <laughs> swing in there and... Um, if I can bring Electra. It's my date.
0: Anyway. <laughs> um.
2: Um.
0: Oh, uh, uh, so you guys, uh, <laughs> on one of the, the latest episodes of your show, you went and you took a little trip Uh, Into Queens, and uh, there's a a cool Marvel connection
4: there
2: as well. Right, so this newest episode, which Tom was not there, unfortunately, Tom travels to Europe. He visits, he was on like a super secret mission with uh, (laughs) the Guardians of the Galaxy elsewhere. (laughs) So I was. uh, (laughs) (laughs) I was uh, uh, braving it alone, and the episode was on, um, it was called The Ruins of the World's Fair, and out in this park, Flushing Meadows. Um, are the ruins of this gigantic pavilion that was built in 1964 called the New York State Pavilion um, and was built by Philip Johnson, one of the most important architects of the mid-late 20th century. Mm -hmm. Um, Curiously, um, you know, the the World's Fair had all these wacky uh, pavilions, and most of them got ripped down, but that one has been still there forever. It's a sort of rotting husk, this, -hmm. like... Uh, and so we recorded I, – I recorded with a filmmaker named Matthew Silva. and recorded there um, in the Queens Theater, which is part of it. And it was really – yeah, that was really extraordinary. But the Marvel connection um, is it's um, – in Iron Man 2, um, th- history is rewritten. The alternate yeah. universe, <laughs> of which features um, Iron Man 2, actually features a history um, with Howard Stark where – The park actually has not deteriorated, that these pavilions have been in perpetual use. And there's a wonderful video um, that was used for promotion of the film with Howard Stark, and they have all the kitschy, googie-style architecture um, in it. But then um, for this... uh, latest expo you have iron man actually like like landing in the new york state pavilion which is used in the film and it's this like extraordinary fabulous venue with thousands of people and it's in no way falling apart or deteriorating (laughs) so i mean that's a nice thing because you know once you start sort of pulling that thread you're like oh, that means that like much of the legacy of Robert Moses was probably destroyed in this <laughs> world, in this particular Marvel Universe yeah. world, because all these things were, were kept in place and whatever. So, yeah, that's that's beautiful. That clip is really incredible. I put that on the blog. With the um, with other pop culture uses of the building, it's also used in the Wiz um, as Munchkinland. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then, of course, the most famous being Men in Black, because that's when the... Um, uh, the tops of the observation deck turn into alien spaceships, and so um, Will Smith is shooting them. So, anyway, yes, a lot of a lot of pop culture history there, and Marvel plays a big part of that. So,
0: yeah, we uh, we actually for the for Iron Man two, we made uh, Stark Expo '76 t shirts. You know, okay. like really placing like this is this is one of the key expos of all. Right. You know, we both mm-hmm. we it's still huge. have them. Yeah.
4: yeah. Uh,
0: I love that shirt. It's so comfortable. It's the softest shirt. So the material it's like space age <laughs> material. It's yeah. very stark. Uh, but
2: it's extraordinary to think of, imagine in New York, what, th- what the Marvel Universe New York looked like in the 1970s, when you had um, the Avengers Mansion, and then you had the Fantastic Four's uh, their skyscraper in the middle of town. Yeah, oh, in right. the middle, left not for nothing. Yeah. It'd have been like weren't next they up to to with it the Frick? Isn't that <laughs> oh no! That's where the Avengers were up at the up at the Frick on 5th fifth. Today's Frick, yeah. Wasn't it Tony? It was Tony Stark's Tony, mansion, yeah. his right? Just like
0: family mansion. Yep. Which I
2: mean, not for nothing. All of those parallels are of uh, like the Vanderbilts right. and everything, yeah. like the, the
3: robber barons.
2: Yeah, but <laughs> well, I mean, you get that a little, but you do get a tiny bit of that with his the history that's revealed with um, his family, although. Um, it would be really awesome if Cornelius Vanderbilt like built some kind of steampunk electric assume, <laughs> and shot around uh, Gilded Age New York, but that didn't happen. Um, uh, but even in the Flatiron Building, at least in the movie the Spider-Man movies, is the Daily Bugle. I can't remember. Does that carry over into the comic books? I can't quite remember. No, I don't from think my... so.
1: It was I feel like the Daily Bugle has always been very like nebulous. Like, yeah, it's just like, a place, place somewhere, right? The yeah. look- like the building never even look- like they take great st- pains to make sure. Avengers Mansion always looks the same. Baxter Building, Fantastic Four, always looks the same. Dr. Strange's... Sanctum Sanctorum. Mm-hmm. Oh. Like, oh. Not
0: Westchester, but West right. Greenwich, yeah.
2: right? Oh, yeah, so, oh, yeah, not only. Dr. Dr. S- Dr. Strange's yeah. <laughs> house is actually um, on Bleecker. Yeah. Yeah. So the extraordinary th- mind... Tri- and it's today the tri- a
3: Pinkberry. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, I think you could... <laughs> I think there's an American apparel there. No, no, the... Um, so he was created in the mid 60s and mm-hmm. if that's where his house was on Bleecker so he was literally on the same block with all these major music venues mm-hmm. so you can just imagine as he's going into his Astro planes, yeah, I mean, um yeah. that he's like invi- inviting you know Bob Dylan yeah. over because it's literally around it was like it's I, think, I actually looked this up in a map it was like it's like half a block away from like the Gaslight Cafe mm-hmm. which is um, where Bob Dylan was, was one of his main venues it was one of the most important venues in in uh, music and possibly magic.
4: <laughs> <laughs>
0: um, yeah, so we have all that um, uh, going back to the Daily Bugle mm-hmm. it, in the comics is generally a, just this like tall building. Right. Mm-hmm. It never looks mm-hmm. the same, parts, looks the same and then, you know, the flat iron is so distinct. Yeah. yeah. Right. Uh, we also have more recently Captain Marvel uh, took up um, I don't want to say residence but sort of headquartered in uh, the Statue of Liberty. She's living
4: there. Yeah. <laughs> I, like, I, 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 found, I was reading that. I was like, dude, where you you she do?
0: I mean, she's just squatting. Yeah, okay.
3: well, I was going to say, what's, what's that's the little rent? It's easier to identify. <laughs> yeah, because
1: uh,
0: yeah.
4: Yeah, she
1: was in the torch, right? <laughs> yeah. She was the, she was that's <laughs> <Where else laughs> yeah. like the wow.
2: best apartment. Well, yeah. I mean, if you can fly, it's like a good place. Where's well, the nice park? Well,
1: I was more like the plumbing, like, where, where's her bathroom and stuff like mm. that.
2: Oh, it
3: goes down the arm. No.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
3: uh, the visitor center downstairs has no. proper facilities. That's I don't sure know. Down <laughs> um, when you were growing up in Boston, do you think that reading these comic books made you want to move to New York? It didn't
1: resonate with me that they took place in a specific place when I was a kid. It wasn't until later, and at that point, I was already aware that no matter what job I was going to do, it was probably going to be here. Mm -hmm. So it was kind of like a nice perk. Mm -hmm. I was like, oh, and also, this is where the Marvel Universe is. Um, But as a kid, it was just, for me at least, I was just, this is a city. It takes place in a city. In a city. Yeah, because (laughs) a lot of times they wouldn't specifically say, you know, they would say Queens or they would say Greenwich Village. And that not being from here, those things didn't mean anything to me as a kid. Those were just... Mm-hmm. those could each have been their own cities for all i knew right but then as i got older and started to o- appreciate that this is not only where my comics were set but also the hub of pretty much you know, <laughs> all the stuff i was right. interested right. in uh-huh. then it started to resonate a little more than that. once once i could actually appreciate it
2: but the um it, it is true that like for 90 percent of the co- of you know, comic books that are set in New York City. It's not like every page is going to have some sort of identifying marker right. because it's you know, it's it has just generic backgrounds. But um, a couple of years ago, actually, was the for the opening of the, um, the Spider-Man reboot. So I guess it was mm-hmm. like three years ago. Um, on the blog, I did a special like July the Fourth thing where I ran images of every cover of that I could find because but it was a very that was a really I loved doing this it was great going through every cover of Spider-Man from the of beginning up to like that particular time and using um, every every cover that actually had an identifying mark of New York City and so, actually, the first one was Spider-Man, like, in front of, like, the Greenwich Village Playhouse. It yeah, really? was, like, some sort uh-huh. of... A, but there was, like... But then I was, like, oh, my gosh. This is actually, like, dozens and how dozens. Far,
1: how far in was that? Do you remember?
2: I want to say it was, like, the, like around issue 40s, okay. maybe. I'll have to... I'll check. And what but year the, would
0: that be? It was in the mid-60s. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Until late 66, 7, somewhere
2: around there. So, I'd have to see... Yeah, I mean, th- I'm sure that comics mega expensive, but I'm sure I'd like <laughs> to peek in and so what to see what the story was like because right. it was probably him swinging around Greenwich Village solving a mystery, like looking <laughs> for a criminal. You know, you
0: could read that easily on Marvel Unlimited. Why you again?
1: <gasps> how would
2: he yes? Do how could I do that?
0: <laughs> Marvel slash comics slash unlimited yeah. and sign up. It is our library, our digital, uh, library. Our digital library, fifteen thousand plus comics, yeah. which is. If you guys don't
4: have it, I'm happy oh.
2: to get you also. I'll go there now. Yeah,
0: I, figured,
1: yes. I
4: figured
1: we'd say that off the. Yes. Yeah, so <laughs> listening. <laughs> I, I, uh. I, oh, this is my show. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, oh, okay. Sorry.
3: Can I also find Homer Hooper?
4: Uh, <laughs> no. I we don't think
3: we've uh, digitized uh, that Fifty-three. Yeah. No. <laughs> yeah. Ah. I saw him on Marvel.com. I mean, there was, really? there was a reference to it right. in the uh, Marvel um, sort of... The universe, uh, the wiki. Yeah, wiki Something, thing.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: Interesting. We'll yeah. put them r- up yeah.
2: There's this really curious thing that did happen in Timely Atlas in the 50s when it was right before... I mean, superheroes are f- with us forever in comic books. They are, to me, comic books. You know, what, you know very few... Subjects to me, you know, would make sense in a mainstream comic book. But in the fifties, the mainstream I'm comics different. were yeah. were like fashion comics, oh, yeah. and were like normal people, like teenagers, you know, like young women, like just having like a life. In this big city. I mean. Well,
3: that's what I was reading, Greg. <laughs> <laughs> that's what you were reading. I mean, it, it wasn't a woman. I mean, it, it was a redhead. Well, you'll you be know, very out of town. Wow,
1: he had red hair, too. Just <laughs> <laughs> not even. We don't care. Alliterative name, <laughs> red hair, sure. Well, Tom, <laughs> we live in a
2: different world. and Archie's now being attacked by zombies. Like, we're just with we're we a different oh, time and place.
4: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
0: uh, so, two, two things um, X Men related. New York things that I wanted to ask you guys about and, and what kind of connections they have. One, uh, the Hellfire Club, mm-hmm. which is oh, uh, yeah. mm-hmm. uh, um, you know a, a club in the Marvel universe. It's a club where the um, the the lords of the club, the lords and ladies of the club, are high powered mutants uh, as well as a cyborg. Yeah, and uh, they. I mean, I mean, it goes in and out. Yeah,
1: <laughs> they're they're
2: part of. Look, I don't I know a lot about Dazzler. They're part of Dazzler's <laughs> oh, yeah. origin because they try to recruit her.
0: Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I've heard tell that there are, that has some basis in reality, in being an actual, not necessarily the, the mutants running the show, right. but the, <laughs> the debaucherous nature and this place Absolutely called done. the Hellfire. It's, it's a,
2: important. yeah, it was a uh, sex club. Yeah. I mean, I guess, or it was it. Uh, uh, it was around, <laughs> I'm trying to, th- uh, it was either, I believe it was in the meatpacking district, or it might have been a little further up on like 23rd Street. Um, but yeah, it was. I, again i don't know the i don't know the dates but i remember when i was i might have myself entered the mid 1990s meatpacking district world and hearing rumors of like this unusual basement place called the hellfire club um, um, but I'll get the dates and 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 email you. I'm sure it was, it's. Uh, was yeah. it actually
0: called? The Hellfire? Yeah, yeah. It really was. Which is I, you know another one of those crazy. connections. Right. And
2: lasted well into the '90s. It definitely yeah. lasted into the '90s. Because there
3: were other places in the meatpacking district that were basement places. <laughs> well, this with place. Names. Well,
2: this place, although I'm sure it was uh, it specialized in anything, was actually primarily for <laughs> straight. Co- yeah, or well, for <laughs> mutants. No, it was for men and women. It was a straight. It was a. Mm. It was a venue for, <laughs> um, for everyone and. If you had mutant powers probably all the better you probably uh, you're probably a featured Celebrate performer no. <laughs> probably a featured performer <laughs> performer
0: so sorry that's one the other one is probably i, I it's the morlock tunnels mm-hmm. so under oh, in the oh, yeah. Universe, mm-hmm. uh in our new york city we have this you know we utilize the tunnels in a way where we we have a society of the the cast-outs of the, the mutant universe, those who are right. too hideous or too, you know... Mm-hmm. Ca- can't get past the rope at the Hellfire Club. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and they dwell under the sewers. But what is, uh, what is the structure like in, in real yep. New York?
2: Well, actually, I was going to ask, when were the Morlocks developed? Was it around the mid-'70s, mid-70s Claremont? 70s, or was it 70s. after that? Okay. It uh-huh. Because it would have been... That sounds to me like it's definitely inspired by real events, mm. the fact that there were people, you know people living in subway tunnels at that time. I mean, it kind of got like that whole world kind of got broken open in the nineteen eighties with a very important documentary. But, um, yeah, in fact, there's miles of tunnels. And it's not just subway tunnels. It's all sorts of tunnels. It's, uh... well, you mentioned sewage,
3: yeah. right? Yeah. So, the, right, the sewage, right. I think, is something... The, the way that New York gets water is something right. that just fascinates mm. people. And <laughs> to think how many people n- need how much water and then where it goes right. afterwards, and to think that it's all happening out of sight, it's, a, yeah. it's just... It's really confounding, <laughs> I think. So... And and you see people just stopping and watching. I always, now I look um, when I see people digging up the streets, you know, mm. when they're working on some yeah. major thing along Grand Street or whatever, uh, which they were working on for years, and you could look down and see the layers and layers of, uh, of pipes and, you know, just vast networks of things. It's all hidden underground. Mm. There's a great book called The Works about mm-hmm, how mm. New York functions um, in terms of infrastructure, in terms of how how all the water works, how all the piping works, how all the electricity works. It's, I think it was written book. by a
2: Morlock, actually, because it's very, very specific and very detailed. Yeah.
3: Um, Thunder, but,
4: uh, <laughs> was Sunder a Morlock? Oh, yeah. yeah <laughs> he was very Thunder. prolific. Yeah, he was
3: very but, um, That's going to get back to her, you know, <laughs> <laughs> to the author. It's okay.
2: But actually, I mean, that, that was a, that's one element. and Yeah, I remember the Morlocks now, yeah. like the um, – uh, that could kind of actually it's real, based in actual fact, and I'm sure that I'm sure that um, when it was developed, there were stories of people being discovered in weird tunnels underneath. So yeah, but we do have hundreds of miles of tunnels, um, even below the subway tunnels. We
3: want to and do it, a show it, on that actually. We've been talking about doing something about trash and just about I mean, we did we did a show on water for Manhattan, mm-hmm. uh, water for New York, and the Croton Aqueduct which is a fascinating story just how the city got its water and what in the world they were doing before because <laughs> it was pretty nasty. Yeah. Let me tell you.
2: Oh yeah, yeah, totally. And then also the tunnels um that are like below the like the East River and below the like, Well, the 100.
3: tunnel to get the 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 railroad from right. Penn Station up, you know. Yeah. Uh, my favorite place. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> but to think that they had to basically dig across 30, what, yeah, what they is dug it, like 30 seconds? Town. They dug
2: across the Manhattan Island underneath. And like, anybody
3: taking an Amtrak to Boston, you know, right. takes, is quite thankful for this tunnel. But oh, it's, yeah. well, it's amazing mean, I, to think that it's down there. in
1: Jersey now, so I take the, I right. the other transit. Right.
3: hmm The <laughs> tunnel is
1: both the bane and the <laughs> reason I couldn't it. actually, going back to the question you asked earlier... Um, because we're about the X-Men, because the X-Men were my favorites when I was a kid, and they were um, Westchester. Westchester was actually the cool place for me. It wasn't oh, New York City. Mm-hmm. It was Westchester County. I was like, oh, because that's where the X-Men live, and that's where Harry's Hideaway is, because that was the bar they went down to, and stuff like that. So I actually probably dreamed more of living in... Suburbia. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> which has come to pass, because yes. I never ended up moving to New York City. I've always stayed on the outskirts. Well, it's appropriate that
2: <laughs> they... I mean, I guess... Th- Xavier's was his mansion always there even in the '60s or was it until it, it, from
0: the start. Was, yeah, it, it was from the start? It was I, yeah. okay. I went to school at SUNY Purchase, so and that is pretty much exactly where where it's supposed to be set. So did you is,
3: choose your you know, college for that? It reason. might
0: have factored into thing. <laughs> you got the right
3: job.
2: Well, man, <laughs> my favorite comic book from like probably when I was from 11 to 14 was the new mutants hmm. it was my favorite comic book. I had all of the, I can't ever say his name. Bill ben- T- T- I can't. Thank you. <laughs> so Nick. he was so so he was one of the most influential comic book artists of my life because he has this very specific style. You would love it, Tom. It's actually like it kind of looks like he just took a bottle of ink and spilled. it's very abstract, mm-hmm. but it was Jackson so beautiful. Poly. And so that so I spent many many hours up in Westchester and yeah. Xavier's mansion right. because of those, because of those books. But it's also interesting because it is nestled. Um, you can actually look it up on Google Maps. Have you ever tried doing that? No. It's actually you, you can, did that it, in
3: a post, right? You yeah, I did a plan. whole.
2: I, it was when the X Men movie mm-hmm. opened. Mm-hmm. Um, I was like, hey, you can. They tell you exactly where it is. Strangely yeah. enough, mm-hmm. I don't I wonder if know that's what the paid
0: and, integration that Fox did with Google. Oh, uh, I
4: Mm-hmm. 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 I would think. Mm-hmm. Even, are, are they not allowed
2: to like have a little asterisk say sponsored by, like a little picture of like Michael Fassbender or something? Yeah, you know? yeah. Um, uh, yeah but uh, it's just interesting that just as the mutants themselves are separated from society, then you sure. actually have them separate from the rest of Marvel yeah. mythology by put, tucking them up into this little yeah. area it's still close enough to be in New York, yeah. but safe and sheltered. Yeah. Although it seems like any number of villains have have discovered on oh, the yeah. mansion.
4: Yeah, I mean, that
0: place has gotten trashed more times Listen, than I can That
1: mansion gets destroyed a lot, but it never seems like the surrounding like neighbors or
4: anything yeah. feel
1: much and it, It's a
4: fairly <laughs>
2: quiet neighborhood yeah. up there. I mean, it's like, you know, the home it's values nice, are still yeah. high. So yeah. a couple of nice wineries are I'd up there. To, I'm sure. <laughs> I'd
4: love to see a story
1: where they're just like having a dinner party next door. They're just like, oh, explosions again. Like, <laughs> <mutant. laughs> <laughs> <laughs> I like, like we, imagine this property is just so huge that it doesn't.
2: even We don't, it. don't mind them as so neighbors, but sometimes they throw these really loud parties, and <laughs> yeah, so. It, yeah. Some of
1: their guests
2: <laughs> are
3: the worst. Yeah.
0: Um, all right, did uh, I know you had come? You had done a bunch of things. Uh, come up with a bunch of things that you wanted to talk about. Did we hit all those?
2: We literally hit every yes. single one of Man, them. I, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> well done. Yeah. yeah. I think we. Yeah, I wanted to get that dazzler
3: thing. <laughs>
4: <laughs> no, <laughs> no, I'm, dazzler. I'm I love it. <laughs>
3: And And now I feel so foolish I was asking about Studio 54. I mean, it's
2: like, of course. No, 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 you actually set me up. You didn't even know. But I was talking with a friend last night, and he actually works for... He's a music writer, Mm -hmm. and he didn't know about this whole thing. I'm like, yeah, Marvel has for, like, many years tried to jump into these other realms. And so that
3: one didn't work, but, you know.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Finally, I think this one's gonna stick,
3: guys. I think it's good. I want her to come out with a hit single.
4: Uh, I wish.
0: We yeah we actually have uh there's a um, a new book starring an alternate universe uh, Spider Woman uh, mm-hmm. when Stacy becomes Spider Woman in that universe Wow and she has a band called the Mary Janes and in the, the, <laughs> the, the issue that she appears in they have lyrics that show up on the page so a band mm-hmm. actually recorded the song and did a whole thing with it. Uh, and now we're trying to figure out if there's something even more we can do with, right. with that and turn it
4: into a legit like, call Oh, cool. oh so my gosh. Have them on the, the show. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
2: Yeah, what if you branch out, like, what if, like, all of a sudden, like, Maroon 5 become, like, characters in a comic book, but then you oh. cross over into, like, the musical? Oh, my God. It's like, you can just so see many where this going to go. Yeah. Wow. Anyway. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Don't do that. That sounds like a terrible idea. Good well, Lord. We own
0: that idea now. Oh, God. Um, Why would I put that in the universe? So, uh, where can our fans, who maybe have never heard you guys or, or read... Uh, your posts and stuff, where can they
3: find you? Well, we have a podcast, the Bowery Boys New York City History Podcast, which you can pick up on iTunes or anywhere you get podcasts. Anywhere you can get this us. podcast is how right. you probably find our podcast, right? right. And uh, it's free, of course. We have 174, 73, yeah, we're, uh, 174 is coming up in a couple
0: weeks. So if you liked us, you
3: can literally listen to us nonstop right. for like <laughs> 10 weeks yeah. or something. I gotta um, complain, God. though. You don't Uh-oh.
0: have enough evidence. Like, there's... I. You don't update enough for me because uh, I, want, I want a new episode every week, but I understand. This is our... Would
3: you notice if we just started reissuing old stuff?
0: <laughs> um, <We> could... Probably.
3: <laughs> <laughs> I need to... Yeah, we need to
2: actually do like a have our voices into a computer and someone else can like <laughs> play our voices and like actually do well others. actually <laughs> Greg
3: yeah, yeah, so we have 174 75 episodes on all kinds of New York history related subjects and then Greg is also running our, our, our blog Bowery Boys Podcast yeah com. Bowery Boys dot
2: com and there's a few articles on our Marvel related articles so search my back catalog but actually well, I'll probably put if, when you guys release this I'll put a post up and I'll put links to those because that will interest everyone. Um, Also on Facebook and Twitter. um, And for Twitter, um, I'm sort of utilizing it in a very unique way. I'm, For shows that have historical themes, so anything from Mad Men Mm -hmm. uh, to The Nick, which I just finished doing, Mm -hmm. I tweet along with the shows, like Mm -hmm. little sort of like a pop-up video kind of, but do like a lot of pictures that are factoids that are relevant to that particular show. Yeah, I
0: I didn't watch The Nick, but I was following along because I was just fascinated with (laughs) uh, with the (laughs) ephemera. Yeah, you don't even
2: have to really watch the shows. I try not to spoil it. I made a couple. Tactical tweet errors, right. where I spoiled some information and got sort of told off. So oh, I try happens. very, very, very yeah. carefully not to do that. I live tweet that.
0: agents of Shield every week. So oh yes, you do. Numerous times a
2: day. And perhaps I'll join you yeah. um, on the next I don't episode know if of we Shield.
0: Have any New York episodes coming up? Oh, this then. is That's an issue okay. because
3: of the time change, right? People on I, the West Coast watching, or what's Yeah, well,
0: you know, because the people move to DVR so much, right. or they don't have cable and they'll watch it mm-hmm. on. Online the next day mm-hmm. or whatever they're very demanding that everyone else conform to whatever. <laughs> <laughs> and, watching, you know, which like, understand. and I just tell people me during the show.: there's a, yeah. I have
2: like a seven day rule if like after seven days, I can start talking freely about what happened in that particular episode, personally speaking, but you know, but up until that, I try to like try to hold off, mm-hmm. but um That's fair. yeah, I think so.
0: Awesome! Thank you guys so much for yeah, coming on. This really was thank, a, thank you. Uh, this was really this
2: was, uh, uh terrific. I can't believe again. I can't believe I'm in the Marvel Studios. Well, there's finally, more,
1: there's more to it than this. Yeah, we're, <laughs> we're,
2: we're, like, <laughs> the oh, I mean, everyone should see it. It's like the room. It's like it's so huge, It's right. covered in diamonds. Um, there's actually Artists like,
3: hunched over their easels. There's <laughs>
2: realistic um, Iron Man suits that are in sort of vessels along the walls and everything. It's really incredible. Sure, <laughs> would, yeah, let's
0: go with that. <laughs> That'd be nice. This is Marvel, your universe.